We're doing a series called Unstuck, and uh, I got, this is, this is for Charlie's hair, so I'll just put that up here. Uh, I got stuck this morning, um, and maybe some of you can help me because I was, I looked for a little advice. When you're, so, so Vicki came early this morning, I had Charlie to get her ready for church, and uh, I mean, just because I don't know, do you get yourself ready first, and then them, or do you get them ready and then throw yourself together afterwards? Which do you do? Because I felt quite stuck. Does anybody know? Like if I get myself ready, and, and then I'm ready, but then chasing her around and finding things and arguing over things, I feel quite disheveled. So if I, you know, get her ready and go through, oh, it's a lot of drama. Like, the, it's just a lot of discussion. Well, demanding and arguing. And then if I get her ready and then I, you know, I don't know what she's going to do for 20 minutes while I get ready. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So we're both a mess this morning. And if you've ever been stuck, um, today we're going to talk about maybe what is the Super Bowl of stuck. Here it is. The greatest battle I think that all of us face is the battle between our ears. Right here. And this is the battle we're going to talk about today. We get stuck here. And can I just say this? I'll just put this out before we read the scripture. A lot of times what we do and what we want to do is we want to put the battle out there. So if I can blame this person, if I can blame this boss, this circumstance, or somebody, then I don't have to deal with the battle that's going on where? Right here, Romans chapter 7, Romans 7. Paul writes this. He's talking about the battle that's inside of him, and he says, for I don't understand what I do, right? I, the things that I want to do, I don't do. You may know this to be true in your life. Here's the thing that I want to do. I tell myself I should do it. It's good for me, and I don't do it. Who's ever had this happen before? Who knows you should eat a lot more vegetables than you eat? Who knows you should do, right? We know, I know here's the thing, but I don't do it. I tell myself I'm going to do it, and then I don't do it. And then I, I know the thing that I'm not supposed to do, and I, I do it anyway. It's the epic battle. It's the Super Bowl of stuck. You are caught in between your head. Now, as we have been, I'm going to use um, the story of Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, as the backdrop to our stuck series. So who's following along with Abraham and Sarah? Who has no idea what I'm talking about? That's okay. I just, some of you don't care. Don't care and not voting. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you, sir, in the back. All right. So Abraham and Sarah, before they get the name Abraham, and we, by the way, have been doing this for like five weeks, he's still called Abram. Abram. One, two, three. Abram. Not Abraham yet. And her name is Sarai. One, two, three. Sarai. Sarai. Now, just so that you know, there is more to the name change than just, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we called them this? They both get some, the same thing added to their name. Abraham. One, two, three. 
ha. One, two, three. Ha. Ha. The H. Ha. And Sarah gets the same. Sarai, Sarah. Ha. What is this? A coincidence? No, this is very intentional. Just this is free. This is free. Ha. This is the breath. This is the inspiration. They are uninspired to inspired. They are the lesser, lower version to the higher, inspired version. This is always how God takes your life. From the lower to the higher. The ha. Ha is breath. When Adam and Eve are created, God did what? He, he breathed into them. The breath of life. They came alive. This is the story, are you with me? Of Abraham and Sarah coming alive. From uninspired to inspired. This is your story, if you follow it. This is you becoming the higher version of yourself. Do, and by the way, do yourself a favor. Don't name your boy Abram. My little uninspired one, right? You, the, Abraham. And so this is the story of how you get this is the story of how you get unstuck. Because most of us can relate to Paul. I want to do the right thing. I'm, I know the thing I should do. Who's ever been in an argument with someone and knew the right thing to do was to just shut it? <laughs> you knew it. Huh? If you're sitting nearby, just talk to him for a minute. Just tell You knew. No, who's, who, you knew. In your mind, you knew. But it's back here. But you couldn't do it. Come on, free confession. Just throw it up there. I couldn't, I can't do it. I gotta say it anyway. We know, we know this isn't gonna be helpful right now. I gotta do it though. I have to do it. I must. I know the thing to do, but I don't do it. But what if there's a process by which God changes us? That's what to me, if church, if Orchard Grove is about anything, it's getting the ha back in your life. It's, that's what it's about. It's about our growth to the higher version. So you know the thing to do, and you get to the place where you can do it. So to understand this story, um, I got to move around a little bit. So let me go to Galatians and show you something. And this couple of verses here could help a lot of you, could radically set some of you free. Galatians chapter 4. Uh, let's start at verse, I think, 21. I think they'll throw it up there for you. Uh, tell me, you who are under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? All right. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman. All right. We're going to meet that story in a couple weeks. Who will be here in a couple weeks? Lord willing. And All right. Uh, there's a saying from the south, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Is that, is that true? From the south? Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, and so there, if, if uh, there's one son of the slave woman, and then there's one son from the free woman, the next verse, put it up there. And it says that uh, his son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. So you have a son, two sons born to Abraham, which we're going to get to the story. This is just an overview. Hagar and then a son born to Sarah. One's a slave woman, one is a free woman. 
Next verse. These things, let's say this first sentence out loud. These things are being taken figuratively. One, two, three. Uh, but like you were actually awake. One, two, three. Figuratively. Figuratively. Symbolically, another translation says it. Or if you read the King James, it says this is an allegory. Let's say the word allegory. One, two, three. Allegory. Allegory. It's an allegory, Paul says. Now, this isn't Chris Kramer saying it. I'm reading from the Bible. Who am I reading? The Apostle Paul. So who said it's an allegory? Chris Kramer? No, don't email me. Don't email me. Paul said it. He said the story of Abraham and Sarah is an allegory. And he uses the allegory and he goes on. I won't, I won't go on. But he goes on to talk about how you are either like a son of the slave woman or you are like a son of the free woman. And you're like a son of religion or you're a son of freedom. I'm doing this, by the way, with my small group. I have a small group of guys and we're studying Galatians. And uh, this is what we're learning. You either go on the path of religion, which can lead to slavery and bondage. I told you I could set you free this morning if you listen. Or you can go on another path of freedom, spirituality. This is what Paul, what Jesus taught and led us to. Unfortunately, people have used, taken Jesus' name, slapped it right back on top of religion, and brought people right back into bondage. And you were never meant to live there. You were never meant to be there. That's a whole other sermon. All I'm, I'm only telling you, you can take the whole thing Figuratively, symbolically. You can read it literally. Literalism is the lowest, lowest form of reading. Literal. So if we saw this story and we were open to the idea, like the Apostle Paul was, that this was figurative, now let's actually dive into the story. Last week, Abraham and Lot, they separate. They separate. And Lot goes this way, and Abraham goes this way. And after they separate, after they separate, God speaks to Abraham. What's the literalism here? Or what's the uh, allegory here, rather? What's the allegory? This is the two parts of the mind. Abraham, the higher, Lot, the lower. Or as Paul talked about, the flesh and the spirit. The battle that's within. The conflict comes because we are at conflict within our own heads. I know the right thing to do, but I don't do it. Lot and Abraham have this conflict. And there's a conflict that's going on with you. But when you let the lower self go, by the way, where does Lot go? To the low spot. To Sodom. To the low spot. If you ever traveled in, in that part of the world, you know that it's right near uh, the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on planet Earth. There's a low part of you. There's a lower version of you. Let's just be honest. Why not? I mean, you can dress up nice. You can make it all look good for Sundays, right? But there's a low version of you. The ugly of you. Paul called it the old man. He can, you got to crucify that one. Am I... Is, is anybody, is anybody even awake? Can you turn the lights up a little bit out here so I can see if people are sleeping? I have no idea what's going on. Is, does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a lower version of you. 
and there's a higher version. And, and there, are, there are tape recordings. Thank, how many, like, are at least my age or older, and you're like, thank God they didn't have social media when I was a teenager. I would be ruined. <laughs> ruined. All the stuff I said and did was out there in front of the world, right? Okay, so there's a lower and a higher version. You're trying to get to the higher version of you. Abraham, the higher version. Lot's the lower. The, Lot is this selfish, uh, emotional-driven Who's ever been driven by your emotions in a bad way? Man, when that, when that part of you takes over, it's uglyville. And so, here's the metaphor, ready? He sends Lot off, and now, guess what? He can hear from God. Guess what happens when you send off that lower version of yourself, when you just, goodbye, I'm not going to give you any more time. But after Lot leaves, we'll pick up the story, Genesis 14, it says that these, these kings lined up for battle. Four kings versus five kings. And when they conquered Sodom, they took Lot with them. And then this is what happens. A messenger comes back to Abram and says, they've got Lot. They've got him. This is how it works. Ready? Life is like this. You get some victories. You get feeling good about yourself. You overcame a few things. You're doing good. And then you get that little message. Hey, I, I call it the little whining voice. I've taught you guys many times. We've talked here about the, the still small voice within, Right? That's an important voice to listen to, the voice of God. But then there's that little whiny voice. Hey. So, so this week, Vicki sits me down. We are going to go through two days of hell. I go, what did I do? What did I do? She goes, we are going to teach Charlie not to whine. I'm not raising a whiner. And she's starting to whine, and every time we give her what she wants, she does more of it. And I, was, I got my game face on. I was like, like, like we called two days in football, Hell Week. Does anybody? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have Hell Week at the Kramer House. All right, I've done it before. We are going to teach her not to whine. No more whining. This is what happens. This is, how, this is how our spiritual growth works, if we're honest. We start doing good, and then that little whiny voice goes, but, but I want this, and I want that. Abraham gets this little nag. And so he has to deal with his lower self. This is so important. You can't deny your lower self. Because people do that. They come in here and pretend. I don't have a lower self. I'm all good. I am all pure. I'm pure Jesus. Right? And what we know is there's a higher and lower. There's a, it's, just tr it's just true. There's a nasty part of Chris Kramer. I'll just put it out there. I'll throw myself under the bus first. It's just how human beings are made. And so you have to deal with it. You can't deny it. Denying it's not going to work. Dealing with it. So this is a story about dealing with, I got to go deal with Lot. I got to go, go rescue. I got to go get him back. Second Corinthians, I think, oh boy, 10.5 maybe. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive. You got some errant thoughts out there? 
you got to deal with them. So like, I go, I go, go get, get that thought back. This is important for you and I, for you and I to move to the next place. It's what you have to do. You have to deal with it. I think what happens because we feel a certain amount of pressure, whether it's in church or even in society or at your workplace or whatever it is, you feel the, the, the need. You conform on the outside. And this is what, what religion does all the time. It gets you to clean up on the outside. You clean up. Just clean up. I remember when I first started going to church, it was a dress-up kind of church. And you had to clean up. You had to clean this up. Right? But then the next thing you do is you clean up all the things. I clean up my language. I can't tell you how many times people apologize to me for swearing. I can't tell you in my lifetime. I should, I should have a nickel jar. I could have retired a long time ago. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The reality is that's what they do. That's how they talk. Who cares? That's how you talk. I mean, you know, don't swear at me if you can help it, but I know you swear. It's okay. But the, the pressures, let me clean up all the outside stuff. But I'm not, I don't need to deal with this the motor that's driving it all. You see why religion can, it, it creates too much of this. But transformation changes in here. It changes here. And they go to battle. And Abraham, <laughs> Abraham goes and he takes, he grabs a hold of, uh, of, of Lot and he takes him out, and he wins this battle. And I want to read you what happens afterwards, because this is key. He says, this is Genesis 14, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, Salem means peace, Jerusalem, Shalom. Anybody with me? King of peace. Who wants peace in your life? Who wants peace between the ears? So this is the target we're after. This is what we want. We want Melchizedek. We want, Melch we want peace right here. The battle you're facing in your life is here. And what humans do is, uh, no, no, it's my neighbor. God, what a train wreck he is. Oh, it's my wife. Oh, it's my ex. Oh, it's my this. That's oh, my boss. It's my. Here's the wreck. Get straighten out this carnage, and the rest is a picnic. This is the true story. And the king of uh, Salem, Melchizedek, brings out bread and wine. We should have did communion today. It's coming soon. Because there's a connection here. The king that brings out the bread and the wine. This is the symbol of peace. This is where you want to be. You want Melchizedek. You want the king of Salem. But another king comes out. Verse 21, the king of Sodom. This is the guy that just lost. Now Sodom, is, if we, we can explore all the symbolism here, the allegory here, but it's the low version. Where does Lot go to live? Sodom. It's, it's your emotions run rampant. It's the lowest version. It's, it's absolute... Temper tantrums. It's the base version of humanity. Does anybody see what I'm talking about? It's, it's anger and hatred and murder. and It's all this. It's, it's all the ugly. The ugly. Down at the lowest parts. Now look. 
Sodom, who just got whooped, this represents the low version of you. Do you see why we don't like to see the allegory of us? Because it's easy to go, those Sodomites. I can't tell you in my career people, how many people have told me about Sodom. Because then there are all a bunch of people over there that are bad. And I am by then, what? No one got this. Oh my God, I thought this was going to be a good sermon. I thought for sure. Because if you know, if, if they're all over there and it's not in here and in here, all I can do is talk about those people. How bad they are, how wicked they are. I've heard that a thousand times. Instead of seeing as the battle here. And so the lower version of yourself is going to try to cut a deal. Sodom goes, hey, tell you what. I know we just took it on the chin back there. What happens when the lower version of you loses? Does it go away quietly? Huh? Your stinky, selfish, smelly version of you? Quietly? Okay. No, 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 no. Let's come back. Let's cut a deal here. I'll tell you what the king of Sodom says. Give me the people and you keep the goods for yourself. There's a similar, similar bargain trying to be cut. Remember the story when Jesus goes into the wilderness with, remember? Genesis, or, or Matthew chapter 4? Huh? And he bow down to me, and I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. The, the devil takes him to a, uh, shows him all the kingdoms of the earth. Look, you can have all this stuff. Look at all, you can have all of this. What we're clamoring for, what the lower version's clamoring for, all this stuff, this stuff, it's ego, it's all this shallow stuff that's out there. And we're, we're it's let, trade it in. And a lot of people go for it. A lot of people go for the deal. Key part of our spiritual growth. Key part right here. And it comes back for the bargain. And king of Sodom comes to you and says, but come on, let me have a place there. And then you have to say, like Abraham says, I don't want a sandal strap. I don't want a piece of it. I don't want a piece of it. Your ego is going to fight like mad. It's going to fight like mad. You know that? Protect the, the projection that, that, that you're this super person. Just protect it. But the real transformation takes place when you let go. I was reminded this week, and it, I, I couldn't let it go. Because I worked for years and years with uh, teenagers, students, and I could never get over this one fact. The leading, or the second, second, second reason that teenagers die in America is because they kill themselves. Just pause for a minute. The number two reason that kids die in the United States of America is because they, teenagers, they kill themselves. Can I just be blunt with you? We're doing something wrong. We're doing something wrong. 
That's not happening in, in third world nations where they have nothing. They have nothing. They would never take their own life. We're doing something wrong. We're drowning them in the wrong bargain. Give your soul to this. Give your soul to your ego. Give your soul. And, and, and people are buying it left and right. And then they're caught in this, this thing and it's destroying their soul. Because the bargain always leaves you empty. Abram knew to say no. Jesus knew to say no. Not a, not, I don't want a sandal strap. I don't want a piece of that. The ego is the thing that you project. We all do it. But it's not the real you. It's not the real you. Charlie's been getting into shadows lately, right? You can project your shadow. That, that's not the real me. But what happens is after a while, you project, this is, this is how I want people to think of me. Right? And after a while, you start to believe it yourself. That's not the real you. And how do we find out the real you? You got to turn the light on, man. And when you turn the light on, the shadow goes away. This is what enlightenment is. This is what spiritual growth is. It's you, you turn the lights on. And man, what a possibility for you. You get the ha back in you. You get the breath. You get the divine. You, you get the goods. And, and man, the story of Abraham's life is so good. The way his life inspired. But see, if you get stuck with the ego, if you get stuck there, and so many people get stuck there, and they get stuck with anger, and they get stuck, at, and they're just stuck, 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 and God's trying to get you unstuck because they got so much more for you. Some cheap sandals. Huh? This is a story about trading your soul for some sandals. Abram's like, ah, no way. That's the real you. Huh? That's down inside. Whew, that was page one of my notes. Let me just say this. I'll, I'll do the notes some other day. Look. Abram's story starts with this call. Leave. Leave Ur. Leave your father's. And come to a place I'm going to show you. It's an Old Testament word for the New Testament word, repent. We've talked about this before, but I'm going to leave you with repent. It, <laughs> I don't use that word a lot. I talk about it all, all the time, every Sunday, just so that you know. Because people don't know what the word means and they think it means God's mad and he's screaming and some guy with a sandwich board sign at the Michigan game. <laughs> all right? I'll give you, because we use the word repent all the time. We just have different words. It means maybe you should think about this differently. Anybody ever say that to you? Um, coach would say this, get your head out. I won't go further. Maybe we should reconsider our options. Have you ever tried to get an alternate perspective? Go home, and you can think of 100 different ways that people use the idea of repentance today. They just use different language. But the idea is, 
it's time to start thinking differently. It's time to think differently. That's what it means. And that's the only way you can get unstuck. Like God sets you free. Set you free. And you can't deny, you can't deny a lot. He's there. You've got to deal with him. You've got to deal with him. You've got to put him in his place. It's a part of you. This, this will help some of you for the rest of your life. If you can know that that's a part of me, okay. Got to deal with them. I can't deny it. And then what God does by his grace is this. What God does by his grace is, like from the very beginning, breathe the breath into you. That's the Spirit of God. Remember when Jesus, he's about ready to leave? He, what does he do to the disciples? He breathes on them. You can't think all this stuff is not connected. He breathes on them. Pre-COVID. Let's stand, we'll have a closing prayer. I just threw that in there for whatever. All right, don't take the bait, don't take the bargain, friends. You ready? Not a scrap of that sandal. You just go all the way this way God's, he's bringing the best out in you. He really is. And uh, all of us get confronted with the king of Sodom. It It happens. But what you want is Melchizedek. So what does he do with Melchizedek? He says he gives him a tenth of all that he got in this battle. He said, this is my king king of peace. And we'll pick up the story um, from there. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are working in us and through us. And thank you that we can freely acknowledge and admit today that there's a lower version of us and a higher. And that we can move to the higher by your grace. God, give us all the courage to deal with and to confront, to capture the lower so that we can become the version of us that you created us to be. In Christ's name, we thank you. Amen.